You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate, I would appreciate it if you would do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. And we do actually have a new caller, I believe. So let me go find it, and we're going to get started with that. Um, according to the uh, Google robot, uh, this is Joyce, or am I just... Is Google stupid? Hi, Ryan. This is Joyce. Nailed it. Um, I finally had a call because I loved that rant about uh, Rogers. Thanks, Joyce. Um, I had noticed, you know, before you even had that show, uh, that he was going to be there for OTAs. And I'm thinking, well, you know, he better be because I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. They are not a, you know, I just don't think they are. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. But the other thing is always so weird. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I would go so far as to say it's a stretch to put them at second in their own division, much less being able to be number one in their division, much less being number one in the AFC to be able to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think they have significant issues. I think their offensive line is a disaster. I think the running backs are massively overrated. I think they have one good receiver, and their number two is Lazard, which for everybody that was crying about how absolutely disastrous that was and criminal that was, to put Aaron Rodgers in that situation, I sure do hope that there is similar um, ire toward the Jets for that. Um, and then the defense, as I mentioned before, highly volatile statistically. So it's very unlikely that a defense that is, for example, top five, which I don't even think they were, ends up top five again the very next year. Um, so it's very hard to tell where that defense is going to end up. But even with the top defense, there's really no real reason to believe that this is one of the premier teams in football. Um, even if Aaron Rodgers has another MVP season again, but you know, we'll see. Is Rodgers is all about this love, you know, love putting things out into the universe. Well, I really, I, you don't seem to show a lot of love. You just seem to be an angry little man that says he shows love. Uh, I don't get it. You know what this is? This is, somebody should make a video of this. Again, go ahead and take it. I just thought of another office clip. Do you remember when Michael Scott left and started his own paper company? I'm sorry to the non-office fans. <clears throat> who are tired of listening to these stories and seeing these videos, you should probably just go watch The Office because it just devours Packers Twitter. It's all there is. Michael Scott leaves and starts his own paper company, right? And he asks some people to go with him, and uh, only essentially one person follows him out the door, and then another guy who ended up got was fired and worked at a bowling alley also uh, went to work with him. Eventually, he comes back. They get this big offer, all this money and stuff, and they're super excited, and he gets his job back. 
And they start this little clique, and it's just he and his, his two friends. It's he and Ryan and Pam, and they all hang out, and everybody else is this lowly this, that, or the other. And he's got this freaking attitude toward everybody else in the building. Everybody else isn't worthy or whatever. And he's super mad, and he has his meeting, and he, he asks for an apology. And at one point, one of the coworkers, um, Phyllis, kind of speaks up and says, Are you serious? You want an apology from us? You thought that you were doing all this stuff against corporate, but it was us you were hurting. You were stealing our clients. All this. So the the point of it is, you know, you're you're actually hurting us. That's what everybody keeps talking about. All oh, the, the the GM, the GM, the GM. They they did him wrong. First of all, I haven't seen a single example of anything they've done other than freaking grovel to the guy twenty four seven. Give him everything he wants at our expense. That contract hurt our team. Randall Cobb hurt our team. All of this stuff was detrimental to our team, but we did it for him because he demanded it. But even if our GM is a jag-off, everything you chose to do because you're mad at the GM and want to throw a pity party, so you're not going to do anything in the offseason to help, you're not going to come into OTAs, you're not going to work with any of the young guys, you're going to blow off uh, your, your head coach in those meetings that you're supposed to be in, what are you hurting? You're hurting yourself, you're hurting your teammates, you're hurting your fans, you're hurting the organization. Why? Because you want to take a, a, a big boy stand against the GM who, who sent Jordy away because you're so mad about Jordy and the way that he was treated because they didn't give him a big contract because the guy wasn't good anymore. So now you're going to destroy the entire team. And, and what, I'm supposed to sit here and feel bad for you because the GM is a meanie? You freaking hurt us, you jerk off. You ruined our season. All those players that are putting in the work all offseason because they want to go win. A big part of the reason that they couldn't get there is because the quarterback showed up having put in zero work because he's got some kind of vendetta with the organization. And so all the work that everybody else puts in is worth nothing because you got a problem with the organization. Then get out. Don't sit there and beg for a contract. Get out. You get your contract and then you sit on your hands because you don't want to play anymore. You don't, you don't have a fire. You don't have a passion because you don't like Brian Gutekunst. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned at the amount of Packer fans that defend him for that behavior. It's shocking to me. Well, Gutekunst was mean. I don't give a crap. You have no obligation to your own teammates. You have no pride in yourself. I, mean, I, I gotta sit here and argue about the dumbest crap on his, in history. Well, the, the wide receivers are too young, so he can't hang out with them. Well, it's, it's, it's not mandatory, it's voluntary, so he shouldn't be expected to go. That's not true. None of this is true. Stop saying stupid crap to defend a guy being a crybaby and ruining our entire season. I don't care if he won MVP two years ago. I'm not mad about his MVP performance. I'm mad about what he's doing now. If my kid wakes up in the morning and says, I'm not doing anything you say, I'm not going to say, well, yesterday he did what I said, so I guess this is fine. No, you have to do what I say today, too. You have an obligation to be a good person today as well as yesterday. You don't get a pass because two days ago you actually did what I asked you to do. I'm, I'm stunned at the amount of people that are like, oh, look, he's doing all that over there because this GM actually cares about him. Even if that wasn't the dumbest thing on planet Earth. Because all that GM is doing is bringing in the same players that he had in Green Bay. So that doesn't make any sense. They've made zero concessions to him whatsoever. And they've taken on the contract, which, by the way, is the contract that was given to him by the Green Bay Packers. So they've offered him nothing that he didn't already have. But let's pretend that it is true. The fact that so many people think it's okay for him to just cash it in, not care, not try, have a bad attitude, and tank our entire freaking season because he doesn't like the GM because he's a bad guy, which is yet to be even established is so shockingly stupid, I can't even fathom it. I like this discussion much more when we all thought Rodgers was good, he just had a broken thumb. But now we've got people coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, well, that's why he didn't try. Now they're acknowledging he didn't try, he didn't care, he didn't put any work in the offseason, and it's not because of any of the stuff that I used to say before. Now it's because, good, he, the, the Packers didn't deserve his best. And that's what you're going to come at me with? And by the way, I believe you? It's unbelievable. That that, is, that, that that behavior is being tolerated, much less praised and accepted as the right thing to do. What else would you expect him to do? He let Jordy go. He let Kumaro go. Why should he try after he got this mega contract? Why should he care even a little bit about his teammates or about himself or his coaches? He's got a quarterback coach in there that came back just for him. Screw that guy.
Matt LaFleur, screw that guy. All the coaches and trainers that have helped him through the years, screw all of them. David Bakhtiari can shove it. Lazard, garbage, don't care. Randall Cobb, brought him back to win a Super Bowl, don't care anymore. And all the young guys on the team, (laughs) douchebags, don't care. That's fine to you. This is where we're at now. This is how far it's gotten. This is how pathetic we've gotten in our defense of this behavior. Because this is all I'm seeing anymore. Rather than just acknowledging, oh shoot, he is trying now, because it actually is beneficial, we're saying, oh no, 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 it is beneficial, you're right, it is beneficial, I lied before when I said it wasn't and it had no impact and he doesn't need to be there for any reason whatsoever, that was a lie. Now I'm saying he shouldn't have done it before because Gutekunst is a bad guy. It's freaking insane. To to have a chip on your shoulder, to make you play, I... It's so stupid. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know. I, I like Mark Murphy said something. Of course, he's a complicated man. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. I think he is. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, my their uh, therapist. We were talking about the Green Bay Packers, of course, in the session. Because what do you do? Um, she said that. Did you say therapist? Are you allowed to tell me what you said in your session? We'll allow it. Kind of passive-aggressive, which I can kind of see. And yes. so all this lovey-dovey stuff he puts out doesn't seem to really reflect in any way in reality. I just, I don't know. You gotta love him, though, you know. He was ours. He was our crazy quarterback. Well, and and this is this is the thing too about I remember when um, Devontae Adams had made some kind of a comment about you know the, the the Packer fans treated him poorly or whatever when he wasn't playing well, and then suddenly they love you when you're playing well. And I understand why a player would be upset about that, but at the same time, yeah, that's how it goes. When you are on the football team and you are a liability, fans are not happy about that. And then when you go from being a liability to being um, a a freaking star, fans are going to love you. And I understand that that's upsetting because you want to be loved for who you are as a human being, but that's not why you're loved. That's not why you're on the team. You're not here because we like your personality. We're here. You're here because you're supposed to help us win football games. Now, of course, there's a line you don't cross in terms of what kinds of things you say about somebody, but you're not going to be praised just for being here if you're a second-round pick that isn't playing very well. And the same applies to Aaron Rodgers. Of course, I always am going to love everything you did to help our team. That doesn't at any point give you a pass to do this kind of stuff. There are no passes. You're only as good as as what you're doing for us today. That's it. I'm sorry. Aaron Jones has always been, will always be praised. He was not praised in the playoffs when he had two fumbles. Doesn't mean you treat him like a garbage person because he's not a garbage person. You don't attack his character. You don't go after him or his family or any of that stuff. But I'm not going to sit here and say, no, that was a great performance. It's fine. He's allowed to fumble twice. No, you're not. You're never allowed to fumble twice in a playoff game that helps us to lose the game. That's not allowed. That's not permissible. And I'm not going to be praising that. Right? So I, I have the ability to separate 2021 from 2022. 2021, you won the MVP. You shouldn't have, but you were a good player. You won MVP. Congratulations. Rodgers was not a problem. It became a problem in the postseason when he didn't really put up very good numbers. But, you know, whatever. He still did a fairly good job throughout the season. 2022, he did not. So I am judging his character, his actions, his play on 2022 only. That's it. That's it. They're separate things. And, and that's the other thing that drives me nuts about all this is, oh, wow, he won the Super Bowl. He got it. I understand that. Those are the good things. But then there's also the bad things. If, 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 if I don't understand this thing where, where you're only allowed to say the good things and, and then you're not allowed to say the bad things. I, it's just not how that works. It's not. I mean, I, I, who would you be okay with for that this year? 
Would it be fine with you if David Bakhtiari followed in in his footsteps and said, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to work out, and he just has a terrible year because he has a terrible attitude and he is toxic toxic in the locker room and, and stunts the growth of the entire team and damages the possibility of them being able to grow together into the future? Are you okay with that because of how good he's been in the past? Are you going to have no comment on that, or are you going to speak up and say, that's not okay? Seems pretty straightforward to me what the right course of action there is. Um, I don't think unless Jets improve their front line, right? which is their weakness and their, <clears throat> how they're going to even get to, um, let's say the, the playoffs. Um, I, I actually check in on the Jets. Um, podcast and one of the guys that actually is the sanest of them all and he says that for all that they've done to get Rodgers if they don't win the Super Bowl this has been a disaster yeah and that was interesting um, second part of her call here okay it's Joyce again hey, I'm Joyce. sorry I was You're wandering good. along um Okay, enough of Rogers. <laughs> um, I'm excited about love. I think, I think it's going to be great. I think he's going to be a third in line, and I can't wait because I listen to also a Chicago Jeez, podcast. You're hardcore, Joyce. And they just said to somebody who asked a question. You don't have to worry about Jordan. No problem. Don't worry about Jordan. <laughs> ah, I bet you we're going to beat them. Yeah. I hope we do. I think so, too. And I bet you he will have better numbers than Justin or whatever their yeah. quarterback is. Yep. Um, so, whatever. Have a good one. Go, Pack. Go. And thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call, Joyce. I I, I would agree. I, I'm I'm tr- I try not to be. Obviously, there's some bias as a Packer fan toward Jordan Love. But I mean, listen, I'm I'm not saying that we're gonna go into Minnesota and beat Minnesota. I'm not saying we're gonna go into Detroit and beat Detroit. I mean, we struggle with Aaron Rodgers in Detroit. I mean, that's that's a tall order, and they've become more established and they've gotten more difficult to play against. But you're talking Chicago. Um, I mean, they've made a couple strides. I I just don't believe in Chicago. You know, especially if we're talking later in the season when we get maybe Rashawn and Stokes back and and those kinds of things. But um, we have a more established offense with Matt LaFleur and, and, and these guys in, in terms of like how long this thing has been implemented compared to the Bears just going into their second year of this offense. Um, you know, and again, you know, it, it's it's a relatively high bar for, for Jordan to get over Rodgers. If we say he was top 10, then then we, you know, if he was 10th, he'd have to be in the top 10 to beat Rodgers. But to get over the hump of of Justin Fields is, I mean, I, I he better be better than what Justin Fields is, or we're in a lot of trouble, is all I'll say, because Justin Fields is horrific. And um, look, we're, we're, we're going to be doubted because we have to assume Justin Fields is terrible, and we're going to be doubted because we have to assume our wide receivers are going to be terrible for whatever reason. And we have to assume these tight ends will not contribute anything. And we're, we're required to forget that we had the third best pass blocking offensive line last year. And we have to forget that we have the best running back duo in the entire NFL. All that needs to be forgotten. And the fact that Jordan Love has continued to grow. And, and by the way, the step he took last year, it's been a whole year, right? So he took a big step from year one to year two, from year two to year three, and now year three to year four. I mean, maybe he didn't take a step, but there's every reason to believe that he has. Plus, by the way, he's quarterback number one, which means he's been working with the ones the entire season, unlike in the past when that was Aaron Rodgers' job. So he, only when Rodgers decides not to show up does he is he graced with the presence of these guys. But they've had an entire offseason to work together and work on these things. And, and uh, by the way, this offense is going to be more tailored to Jordan Love as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. Um so I, I don't know. I have no idea if we're going to win the game. I don't know whose offense is going to be better or whose quarterback is going to be better. But um, I feel like it's it's an objective take when you look at it to say that it, it's it's a tall order for the Bears offense to be better. The Bears offense was garbage. 
Um, I can't think of a single thing. I mean, they've got one wide receiver now that they went out and got that maybe is going to be quite good. I like him. I think he's a good wide receiver. I thought it was a good pickup for the Bears. Um, and they drafted one of the tackles that I like. So I thought that was a good pick. In fact, I think their offensive line is significantly better than they were given credit for. They're just required to believe that he's bad because if the offensive line is good, then Justin Fields is to blame, and there's no real reason to believe he's going to get any better. But, I mean, if you just go look at PFF, they got a pretty solid offensive line. Um, he got sacked and pressured a ton because he held onto the ball for about 45 minutes. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited, man. It's a young group. It's a young core. And I, I get it. You know, they're going to be doubted because nobody's done anything yet. Christian Watson hasn't... He put on a show for a couple weeks for, what, four or five weeks stretch where he was just dominant. But, you know, it was a, it was a short sample size. Uh, Dobbs put on a, a show for like a week. Then he got injured. And, um, you know, now we got Jaden Reed, who's a rookie. We, we've got... Uh, Samori Ture, who's a second-year guy, and, and two other rookies. And then our, we got two additional tight ends who are rookies, and Deguara, who hasn't done anything. And nobody realizes we have a good offensive line. I mean, I just nobody really cares to look. But I think we're supposed to assume it's kind of a bad offensive line. And um, Aaron Jones has always been underrated. So I think people would look at him and say, yeah, he's top 10, but not like one of the actual elite guys. And, and J- J- A.J. Dillon is assumed to be garbage, despite the fact that he's been graded out as like a top 5, top 10 running back for quite a long time now um so so there's a lot of elements that people just don't realize that uh certainly still need to come together and jordan loves a big piece of it but yeah i i would agree that i think there's a very good chance that people are going to be in for a surprise people don't realize they have no idea the actual amount of talent that there is and and the same is true of the defense the talent is there, and we saw it come together finally at the end of the season after the bye week when Joe Barry made some adjustments and they actually made a profound impact. And it was the, you know, it was only like a four-week stretch, but I think we were, the, what did I say, the fourth-best defense via DVOA down that stretch after those adjustments. It was actually a very, very, very... I mean, do you remember watching it? It was freaking ridiculous how good they were. And we, you know, every week it was like, oh, well, that's, that's just the Rams, and they suck, and then they ended up actually going on to have success. Well, that was just Tua, who was concussed, even though prior to the concussion, it was still a very good defense. And, and plus, you know, again, they continue to do it the next week and then the next week and, and every week. So um, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 the thing about the Packers is they do have a relatively low floor because there's so many question marks. But they also have a much higher ceiling than anybody realizes. It is not a stretch whatsoever. I mean, let, let's say they, they meet their ceiling. It's it's not just playoffs. We're talking potential Super Bowl, and it's not even close. I mean, the, the, the Eagles are tough because if you look at it like, well, well, what if Jordan Love's good? Okay, well, Jalen's good. What if our offensive line is good? Their offensive line is freaking great. What if our receivers are good? Their receivers are dominant. What if our defense is good? Their defense is great. You know what I mean? Like, so our ceiling is the Eagles, so... But still, that, that is, and, and, and that's not true of the Bears. They don't have that ceiling. They don't have the players. They don't. They don't have a Jair. They don't, they don't have a, a Rashawn. I don't think they even drafted a Rashawn. So there, there's no upside like we did with Lucas Van Ness. I have to go back and look at their whole draft class. But they don't have a Super Bowl upside, and the Packers do. The Vikings kind of do, but their defense is a disaster. By the way, our special teams has the potential to be the best special teams unit in football by far. We already had a great special teams unit. We drafted a bunch of special teamers and got a dominant punt returner in the second round to add to our uh, the, the best kick returner in all of football. So again, I, am I biased? Of course I'm biased. But I, don't, don't misunderstand me as saying this is what's going to happen, but, but do hear me very clearly when I say that that is our upside. Anyways, um, we're going to jump around a little bit. Reason being, our old buddy Thomas Austin... Um, well, let's just put it this way. We have 149 calls, and probably a solid quarter of them are Thomas Austin. So we're going to start mixing some of that in. I don't know what's going on. He's been hitting me up on Twitter, warning me about something that's happening. I don't know what's happening. But uh, rather than having just 7,500 Thomas Austin calls in a row, let's kind of just mix them in as we go. All right. After putting some time aside to really dig deep into it, um, here are my grades. Okay. For uh, the Packers draft, Packernet podcast live stream. Day one, not enough Tyler Kraft or Thomas Austin, so C+. Plus. That's, fair. That's uh, fair. Night two, all Tucker Kraft and Thomas Austin, A+. Plus. And then night three, not enough Tucker Kraft, but a decent amount of Thomas Austin, 
C plus. Keep up the good work. We did a good job. Thank you. I appreciate right, it. Yep, appreciate it, Thomas. It scared me for a minute because Google saw Tucker Craft and thought you said effing crap. And I was like, is Thomas Austin about to swear on the on the show here? But uh, no, just Tucker Craft. Some of these some of these names, uh, like Gudekunst, very often I'm I'm shocked that someone is about to drop the C word and then I realize it's uh they're just talking about our GM. So you never know, man. You never know. What's coming? But very often I sit here and just grind my teeth worried about what's about to happen. And then nothing happens. So thank you. I appreciate the grading of our... um, Did you use the Kentucky math in the grading, by the way? Maybe reach out to Clayton and he can kind of run the conversions on that and see maybe uh, where you got a couple things wrong. But let's get over to Trevor. Hey, Ryan. um, I I love our draft as a whole. Um, I think it's going to turn out really good. Um, I would love to know how many of the guys we ended up drafting we had top 30 visits for. I'm just kind of curious sure. the correlation there, um, how many there was. And then it's just the more you talk about these prospects, it's just kind of crazy. You know, you, you think like Clay Matthews and all these other people that, you know, it's like fo- football dynasty team, you know, their families have been in football for a long time. Yeah. But it's like all of these prospects. Their dad, they're all, you know, there's always a family member that played college football right. at the same school and all, and it's just, you know, it, it's pretty crazy to see how many players, it's a family thing. Like, nobody in my family played college football, you know, like, I don't know. And it's just like all these people, even if they weren't at the pro level, and maybe even a lot of them, it's like, hey, they were drafted, which they probably never played much or anything, but still, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it surprised me how much for how many prospects uh, it's like a family thing. All play football, so um, which I guess they probably shouldn't, because you know genetics and all. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, man. So those genetics, you know, kind of makes me sad for my kid because it's like I don't know, maybe he could do something, and then I realize I'm his dad, so he's screwed. But you know, somebody had to start it. You know what I mean? Like he's he's got some pretty good DNA on uh, on his mom's side. As strange as that sounds. But uh, his maternal grandpa and great-grandpa, pretty big dudes. Scott, who's an avid listener of the show, who's on the live stream or whatever. And you should have seen Corky, his great-grandpa's hands. Scott's got some pretty big hands, too. But Corky's hands, the size of my computer monitor. And, and I, 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 there is one story on my side as well. I've got um, my grandma's brother, absolute freak. Just some stories, uh, by the way... Um, Corky and my grandma's brother, both cops and both guys that you absolutely would be making a mistake if you decided to do something stupid in front of that police officer. So maybe he's got a shot, man. There's some DNA. If he catches the right genes, he skips over mine, goes to, you know, Uncle Ron and, and Grandpa Corky and you know, just gets those right genes put together. He's got a shot. But if he catches mine, well, I don't know. He looks pretty good on the football field, and he likes to play. So I'm, I'm thinking he didn't catch that gene that I have that like to just play video games and eat Cheetos. That's not true. I don't like Cheetos that much, but one of those mathlete, not an athlete kind of guys, you know? We'll see. Fingers crossed. As far as the top 30, there are several. Um, I'm trying not to skip them. Sean Clifford was in for a visit. Um, Lou Nichols was in for a visit. Do-do-do, Dontavian Wicks and Carl Brooks were in for a visit. I think that's it. So that would be four. Um, so four of our top 30 we ended up drawing. And actually, I didn't even look at the undrafted free agent list. There might be more. Let me pull that up. So, so far we have Jason Lawan, Cameron McDonald, tight end out of Florida State, Malik Heath, wide receiver Mississippi, Kadeem Telfort, tackle out of Alabama, Birmingham, Benny Sapp. Dude, I'm digging these last night. We got a, we got a Heath. We got a Lawan, we got a Sap, Deuce Watts, which is not exactly Watt, but it's pretty close. I'm just saying. Uh, but Christian Morgan, safety out of Baylor, Jimmy Phillips, junior linebacker out of SMU, Deuce Watts, wide receiver, Tulane, Henry Pearson, tight end, Appalachian State. I'll tell you what, man, I, I the amount of offensive pieces, we drafted two tight ends, we brought in two tight ends that are undrafted free agents, Cam McDonald and Henry Pearson, we drafted three wide receivers, we brought in two more wide receivers, Malik Heath, wide receiver, Mississippi, Deuce Watts, wide receiver, Tulane. That's pretty crazy. Um, as far as, were any of these top 30? Yes, actually, Cameron McDonald, tight end at a Florida State was also one, so that's five. Uh, yeah, the tackle Telford was in for a top 30 visit, so that's six. 
Yeah, I think that's it. So six of our top 30 are on our roster right now. That's pretty good. Just wonder what some of the, the results of these things were, you know? Like Dalton Kincaid was gone. I wonder if that was a guy they really liked. Uh, Darnell Wright was gone before we got there. You wonder if that was maybe one of the guys that they were looking at. Um, Darnell Washington, they let walk right past him. So that's one of those things you bring him in, you try to get a feel for him. My assumption, not a big fan. Probably took him off their board after that meeting. Um, they met with Will McDonald. They obviously let him go and took uh, Lucas Van Ness instead, right? So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting where you look at it and you go, I wonder what they thought, you know, Rasheed Rice, he was available when we took the wide receiver we took. That isn't necessarily to say they didn't like Rasheed Rice, but maybe they didn't. There were some rumors I heard that they really didn't like the guy at all, but who knows if any of that's true. But it is just fun. The heck was that? It is kind of funny to just look at it and wonder. But yeah, six of the 30, I I believe, are on our team right now. Assuming this top 30 list is correct. I don't know that for sure. Uh, Let's push it a little bit. We got a lot of calls. There's a whole Rodgers saga, which we'll stick with the Packers for a little bit because it's the hangover. And I keep saying this every single time I call when I talk about this guy. Uh, But it's still true. And it handles true every single time that you can look at what he's doing. You can look at what he's done. And now you can kind of come to the conclusion that He's looking like he wants to play. He's looking like he wants to to go out on a high note, which he could have done with the Packers. He could have put in the effort. He could have put in the work. If he would have put in a little bit more time and effort, maybe, just maybe, that first pass of the season, the touchdown pass that could have been to Watson, would have been a touchdown. That confidence he could have bolstered in to his receivers early on. And this could be from the past seasons. You can look at it. This guy didn't want to put in the work because, you know, either one, he was dejected from wanting to try for these guys. Two, he is, you know, oh, I'm Aaron frickin' Rodgers. I don't need to do that. And honestly, it's bull****. Oh, there it is. It's all of it. It's, it's literally just some little man baby <laughs> who... Pretty much uh, quiet quit on his job. And, yeah, he still came out and showed out because he is that good. But if you don't have the heart into it, if you don't have the resolve, if you don't have the merit to be on that team, to bolster up your people, to get them all on the same page, because even though it's a coach's job to get you know their team fired up, to get their team on the same page and level, he has the most important uh, position on the offense. Single position. And he can use the thumb excuse uh, for last year all he wants, but it just goes to show that he wasn't in it. His decision-making was off, his taxes were off, and that's all based on just him being such a little bitch. Dang. I'm fired up. I'm happy to see what love can do. Even if he's trash, even if he's terrible, then guess what? The Packers get a high pick, we move on, and that's it. It's, it's, there's not a true, like a lot of people will point fingers and say like the Packers have no future, but the Packers are a different breed than other teams. Thank you. So I'm not going to lie. Knowing Thomas Austin, as I'm listening, I'm like, I'm waiting for that. Like, I, I just, I can never take him seriously because he's always goofing around. You know what I mean? Like, he's always joking. So I'm, I'm, I'm like ready to launch in and, and, and agree with him. But I'm like, he's going to just be like kidding or something. Like, I'm 40% sure the next Thomas Austin call is going to be him calling in like you know defending rogers or whatever because it's but at the same time it's like he legitimately sounds upset never i've just never seen this side of tom austin being serious he's never been serious ever i like it but i don't i don't i don't know if it's real i'm why don't we take a break i'm gonna go directly to tom's next call partially again because we have a ton of them but also because i'm just i'm curious where we're going with this because i'm again there's there's about 20 calls um and I'm just, I'm, I don't know what's happening here. So patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it if you would consider 
popping over there, you know, a buck a month is all it's going to cost you. Uh, you could always do more, but I, I would never, never demand more. Just maybe sometimes. But uh, why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I'm not doom and gloom on the season. I'm not... I'm not like other people who are like, I ain't watching until I hear some good news. Or I'm a Packers fan. I'm going to be rooting for the Packers as it goes along. I'm going to be watch, trying to watch every single game that I possibly can, and I'm going to be cheering for every single guy that I possibly can. I want to see the whole entire team work as a unit, and I'm hopeful that it can it can work. Now, that being said, I do need to get an idea of safety, and I do need to get an idea of a veteran wide receiver. With that being said, I'm not out here expecting, you know, what other people are, obviously. You kind of have an idea of what my tastes are with this. Uh, but what a, what what who is out there that is available to bring to the team for a decent amount of money that we can give them in terms of a veteran receiver and a safety. I know Adrian Amos is a potential, and his last season, I don't know what went wrong, I don't know what's going on, uh, but that wasn't the same Adrian that we've seen since he joined the team. And so safety probably is something we should look into. But who is actually available and worth it to bring to the team who is a veteran receiver? Because I've heard some people say, like, oh, yeah, you know, you wait for the cuts on teams before uh, you bring someone in. And I'm like, well, if a receiver isn't good enough to be on another team, why would you want him to be on the Packers? Yeah. If a person hasn't right. been picked up yet in free agency, if a guy hasn't been good enough, to be on a team, why are you trying to bring them to the Packers? Is there anybody who's worth it? Is there anybody who's trade uh, ready? Just curious. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will stand by the fact, and, and you got to understand, I've been a huge Amos fan since day one. I loved him when he was in Chicago. I was banging the table for him when he became available. He was the guy I wanted. Um I think he makes the most sense. I, I don't. I don't. You can go after some young guys and hope that they become something great, right? Go grab Nasir Adderley or something, who for some reason is being let go, probably because he's not very good. But I think he was like a second round pick. But we we have a lot of young guys that maybe can do stuff. I think it'd be better to bring in a veteran because we don't really have that, um, and a guy that still has some left in the tank and can potentially play at a high level, and if he has familiarity with the defense, that's even better. That guy's Adrian Amos. It's like, well, he had a bad year last year. Well, look, like you said, everybody that's not on a team isn't on a team for a reason. It's not because they're a premier football player, right? All premier football players are on teams right now. There's big names. You got Devin McCourty, um, Chris Banjo's there. You got LaMarcus Joyner. 
Um, Adrian Amos, DeAndre Houston Carson, I thought was a pretty solid and underrated safety in Chicago. Um, who else is kind of a name here? Carl Joseph, Armani Watts. Um, I mentioned Nasir Adderley, Vernon Scott, uh, who obviously has some familiarity. That that's a. I mean, there's there's other people, but those are the ones that are somewhat, to me at least, recognizable. So yeah, I, th I think you go after one of these guys, and, and uh, the the problem with Adrian Amos is that he really took a hard turn. And the question is, did did he just completely out of nowhere? I mean, he's thirty, but just take a hard nosedive or is it something wrong with our defense slash defensive coordinator and then you have to ask the question well you know we did improve down the stretch would it make sense to bring back adrian amos and and hope that through those improvements he could he could be a really key piece that's similar to what he was at least for a short time before we can try to figure out a, a better long-term solution um Otherwise, we're taking swings that have just as high a risk. You know, I mean, if it's a, if it's a defensive coordinator issue where our safety struggle, bringing in somebody that doesn't have the familiarity isn't going to be a better solution. Um, I mean, we could look at Devin McCourty and see what he's been doing. He's the oldest of the available free agents at 35 years old. He um, he did have a 70 grade last year, 75 the year before that. I mean, it's, it's been very consistent. I mean, he, he took a nosedive basically uh, after the 2019 season from just this so let's say this has been two significant drops after 2016 he no longer was elite from 2012 to 2016 elite then 17 through 19 it was in the sort of the 80 range from 90s down to 80s now he's kind of in the 60s to 70s range at 35 years old and by the way it was almost every single game was average to bad the only reason he even got to 70 is because because of the good games he had uh, one two three five games that were good one of them against indy was an 85 Every other game was 60s, 50s, and then a 37 mixed in. And it's been with one team. So he's no longer in New England doing New England things. And I don't think at 35 years old, we would just necessarily have to assume he'd come in and just do those things. Uh, Kareem Jackson, also 35 years old, been playing with the Denver Broncos. There might be some familiarity with with the, the Fangio thing, assuming he was there with Fangio. I don't really know his track record what he's been doing his entire life. Let's take a quick look here. Very similar. I mean, he's got a 65 grade, but it's still, you got like your three, four good games. He just has a couple worse games mixed in. Looks like he kind of tanked after the 2020 season. Um, I mean, th there there are options. And, you know, if, if there's a guy out there that's going to turn things around and come into Green Bay and figure out how to play really well, then I, I trust Gutekunst would have a pretty good gauge on that. Um I'm guessing if they had supreme confidence in Amos to be that guy, he'd be back by now. But it sounds like they're kind of, if they're talking to him, which I'm guessing they are, it's it's very conditional. In other words, we're not giving you what you're asking. That's too much because, you know, again, we don't necessarily have that level of confidence, but we would like to have you back. So the the market value, I think, on, on Track or whatever it was, was about six and a half, I think, for Amos. So I don't know if they're going to offer him four-ish or something because they're already paying eight for him this year. I don't know. We'll see how that all materializes, but it's always tough. I mean, I get that question constantly. Who's out there in free agency that we can go get? And it's like, I, I, I mean, I can read the list to you. I can read their PFF grades to you, but it's, it's ultimately, in my opinion, it's, it's like a useless exercise. I don't know why it annoys me so much. I just, I very rarely, occasionally there's somebody that is like, oh, that would be the person. And by the way, aside from Adrian Amos, I'm, I am like over everybody I want almost all of them go on to do not great things. It's such an unbelievably... And, and that's another thing that's annoying when people talk about we could have got this guy, could have got that guy or whatever. The vast majority of these pickups do not pan out very well at all. It's, it's just a, an impossible... It's like the draft. It's just a complete guessing game where most of these people are going to fail, a couple of them won't, and it's just a crapshoot. Hey, what's going on? This Omar Firefighter. How are you doing? Uh, I, again, waited to call, because I know you probably got a lot of calls about the draft, um, just like this one. I actually started off, at first pick, everybody's mad about NJ, would get it. I was kind of too, but I do like the player, and I understand why they did it. I, I hated the receiver at first, Same. but... I told my friend, who was also a Packers fan, I was like, yo, man, he's sweet. And I was like, but I ain't never even heard of this dude before. 
15 yeah. and nobody's top 10. Like, this don't make no sense. But then I watched, uh, like, a story about them, and then I watched this, like, 25-minute highlight video. And I was like, well, there he is. So yeah. maybe they're trying to get, like, a Randall Cobb 2.0 or something. I don't know. Um, so I moved. I ended up liking him. Uh, I, I, I was fine with the tight end. I understood why. Then we got another tight end. So it's like best of both worlds, blocking and uh, and receiving. No, I actually like this draft, and we actually got an A on this draft. So for people who don't like the draft, we actually got an A. And I think it's the first yeah. time we got an A in a while. Right. But um, I did not like this year and last year. I think last year was a pretty popular draft as well. I mean, it helps when you have a lot of picks. You can do a lot of stuff. Um, but there there seems to have been a change. I don't know if it's intentional or what, but the, the Packers seem to be doing things that are much more popular as opposed to in the past, where it seemed like they were reaching on everybody. Now, again, reaching is somewhat relative. It depends on what you thought, and obviously the Packers disagreed, but I guess there, there seems to be more of an alignment between what the Packers think and, and what the general public seems to think, maybe. Not on everything, obviously, but um, so much so that we went from getting constant C and D grades to now getting like back-to-back A grades. So it's it's very, it's odd and it's enjoyable, especially because there's so many picks, which is great. The QB pick or the kicker pick? Because the kicker has got some accurate issues and you don't look like he's do good from 50, beyond 50. And the quarterback has some accurate issues. But I understand why it's kind of, like I said when I called earlier, we traded down, and that's basically the two picks we got for trading down. For positions we need, we didn't have a backup, or we didn't have a kicker. So I understand it. And maybe we couldn't bring in a free agent kicker. Or I actually like the old kicker that we had that was competing with Crosby. So, um, but even all, I did like the late receiver pick. I did call him out pre pre draft. He was the only one they got. I think I called out like six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, no, I take credit for that. Um but uh, all in all I definitely like the safety that we got late. I like how he tries to knock people out. And uh it's all or nothing. Like he even knocked him out or he missed an angle. But we can maybe coach that up. Anyway, go pack go. It's our new team, so try to enjoy it, everybody. Man, that's it. Yeah, I mean, we're all kind of going through it in terms of um, reevaluating things. There's there's guys that we probably really liked when we draft them, guys that we hated that we're kind of coming around to, and probably a lot of guys that we drafted that it's still just like, I don't understand that. Um, I don't know that there's anybody I look at and just go, that was the dumbest thing ever. Um at least from a process standpoint, I, I have no issue taking a kicker, but is he the right kicker? I don't really mind the quarterback because you're looking at a backup that I actually thought was kind of fun to watch. He certainly has some issues, as uh, Jake pointed out on the live stream. He loves to take off and run, and there were times where he's running before the guy even comes out of his break. It's like, come on, dude. But he's got you know extreme toughness, and then the biggest thing is arguably the most intelligent quarterback in the entire draft. So in terms of getting him up to speed on the offense, also being the guy that holds the clipboard and kind of assisting Jordan Love and scout team type stuff, it seems like he'd be a really good guy, um, you know, and a solid running quarterback as well in terms of being able to simulate that. And um, I, I, th- I think it would be a, a solid pick from that regard. So th- there's nobody that I look at and just go, this is the dumbest thing ever. I, I, I should try to figure out who is my least favorite pick right now um, from a just I don't understand it standpoint. I got to check out the DBs. I, I, I'm, I would lean toward like the safety we got perhaps, although it really seems like I haven't watched them yet. I know I'm way behind. I mean, I've seen the highlights that people have posted, but in terms of actually going out and finding them and, and watching them, they sound like guys that I'm going to like a lot. And and that's the other thing about this class. They went out and got a bunch of guys that are kind of my style. I've been I've been banging the drum. What have I been saying? I don't like Brian Branch because he's not physical enough. I don't care. I want physical hitters, thumpers. And it sounds like both DV, DBs are very physical guys. The, the defensive linemen slash edge rushers we got. I don't generally like tweeners, but what are they? The guys that dominate the guy in front of them. That's what I want. Just beat the, Just be bigger and stronger than that man in front of you. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, but but that's the baseline. If you, if you want to capture my heart, that's the thing. 
unless you're Will McDonald and you still got that speed bend thing and you just you're a freak. I love that too. But you know, a lot of these guys, it's it's kind of these fifty fifty battles and they've got some technique and they do these kinds of things that are cool. But you know, I just worry as far as okay, that's your technique, but that, if that's as good as you get, you're already twitched up. You already got everything, and this is what you are in college. But if you get a guy like Lucas Van Ness or or Carl Brooks or you know some of these guys that we got that. They they know. I posted a video about Lucas Van Ness, and I said this is the best summary I, I can give you. And it, it wasn't even a highlight necessarily. I felt it was a perfect summary because it showed how he dominates the guy in front of him every time, but it very rarely materializes into anything. But the upside is there. You you teach him those things, and that's what I love. You you get a guy that's bigger and stronger and faster than the guy in front of him. That, what what else do you need other than to teach him how to use that gift? That's what I love. So Van Ness gets inside a guy's chest and just blows him straight back because what are you you can't freaking do anything about it. I mean they they just they went out and got killers, man, and I I'm I I can't not be excited about that. Van Ness is a freaking killer. Musgrave maybe the fastest receiver in the NFL this year. The wide receiver we got is just an absolute magician, and I'm I'm still unbelievably furious that I didn't watch him because I think he would have been up there. I don't think he would have overtaken. Um, I'm already forgetting their names. The wide receiver I loved. I don't think he would have overtaken him. He potentially could have been like my number two receiver. I, I still have to watch more, but I mean, the speed and the route run. I mean, he's, again, he reminds me of Zay Jones a little bit. Maybe not quite as good of a route runner, but with less concern about his size. Not disqualifying size. And I think faster than Zay. So you take Zay Jones, you remove the size flags, and then you make him a little bit faster. It's like, what the heck, dude? Tucker Craft, I didn't necessarily like him, but he's just a big, mauling, freaking monster. And we go out and get these monster defensive linemen, and then we get this really big wide receiver in Wicks, who, you know, I got to go back and watch 2021. Like I said, I went and watched him. There were two routes that I saw that are like, oh, dang, but there's just so much, like, what are you doing? That it's like, I, I, I don't, there's so much to work on here, but there's a lot there. The running back is a freaking hammer. We got a cold weather kicker with ice in his veins. We get we got a, a freaking Brett Favre quarterback that's that's you know, he's he's got the toughness of Brett Favre and the brains of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he can't play football too good, but but it's just you know what I mean? Like I just I love these guys. They got a couple DBs. I don't know if they can play, but they got heart, they got passion. I watched a video about the safety and he's talking about it's all about leadership and getting his guys ready and you know, I mean, he's going to lay it all out on the field and be be that kind of a, not just a vocal leader, but a guy that's going to show everybody, like, I'm, I'm willing to lay it all out on the line for the team. And by the way, that's that's the special team spirit as well. And we that's what we got. We got a bunch of special teamers. Every single one of these guys is willing to put their freaking body on the line for the sake of the team. I love the culture we're building in Green Bay. I don't know who's going to be a good player, who's going to be a bad player, but I just, I believe in this culture shift. I hope it happens. I really do. You never really know, but you, you can just feel it. I'm not there. I can't even see them, but you can just see the youth going in there, the excitement these guys have. They're not jaded. They're not on their third contracts, and they're more worried about unions and this and that and the other thing and freaking TV deals and all this not Like, it's just, I'm here because I freaking love it. I'm here for the team. I'm excited. You know, they're... they're they're young and naive, but good. They should be. It's going to make them a lot of money. Best time of their lives. I, I just, just cannot wait for this to see what it looks like. Add on to the bombardment of calls that you've received and Hello. haven't been able to get to yet due to the draft. Yeah. You know, taking up all the calls. And rightfully so, as it should. It is the draft. Yep. It is Christmas Day for football fans. <laughs> um, last year, the Rams, which then it's kind of like, I don't know. They, they give themselves coal. That's pretty much what happens to them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what do I get? I get coal. Dang it. List of questions that you get to answer from me. Um, so what's the layout plan for Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones. Meaning? What's, uh, they're getting up there in age. Yep. They're still producing, but at the same time, it's in terms for running back, he's, he's an elder. He's an elder now. Yep. So do, are we just going to keep him on until he retires? Are they going to possibly move on and try and get like a second round, third round. What's what are they worth at this moment in time? What is Bakhtiari worth? What is Aaron Jones worth? And if they stay on for this year, 
which more than likely will happen. But next year, what's what's the plan? Just getting out of Bakhtiari and just moving on, try and get something out of him. Love to hear your thoughts. After Luego. Well, one thing that I have consistently had to learn is that there's always options that I don't see. Um, just like when yesterday we were talking about Jordan uh, Jordan Love, do you exercise the option or not? What happened? A third option that I just didn't even consider or talk about or anything like that. But if I had to guess just by looking at it, both of them will play this year, both of them will play next year, and then the year after that we will allow them to walk and we will have a relatively hefty dead cap hit for both of them. Um, I, I don't know, but I believe that was the conclusion I came to for both. I'm pretty sure that's the one with Bakhtiari. Maybe I'm less sure about that with Aaron Jones. I don't know. Um, just because, and again, I'm, I'm going based on memory here. I'm not looking it up. I believe the price next year to keep them and to get rid of them is roughly the same. Now, th- there is the question of trading, right? Um, it would be similar to a dead cap hit this year instead of um, 2024 instead of 2025 but you're going to recoup some value in terms of of draft capital which might be the best way to go i mean it's going to be a bigger dead cap hit which is not great it's not one that you want but you're talking about you know let's say you could get a second round pick for aaron jones maybe probably not i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know how much the team would have to take on and all that but the the benefit of that is You take a bigger hit in 2024, you have zero hit in 2025, unless you kind of spread it out somehow or whatever, and then you've got a second round pick for the next 10 years or so. I always use 10 years because I have no idea, but that's a big deal. I would do that. I don't think the Packers are going to do that. I think they're going to play him this year, I think they're going to play him next year, and then they're going to take the dead cap hit in 2025. I might be wrong about the numbers, but that that was the conclusion I came to. Is I think they're going to be here for, for a couple years, and then they're going to go, and we're just going to eat it. We're not going to get anything for them. We'll see. Uh, let's keep it rocking. Hey, Pat Daddy. It's Jersey Mike. Hey. Uh, you know, just listening to some of, some of the comments that are being made and even thinking of some, uh, about some of my own preconceived notions about players that we picked up and so on and so forth. I just, I just want to... Uh, I want to bring something up. The Seattle Seahawks had a really amazing draft. Uh, I forget what year it was. You can probably better remember. Um, but it's the draft where they got Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, yes. and all them bunches of votes. Right? Great, That's great, where they beat great, one of the all-time of great drafts. Um, <clears throat> I, I seem to remember a significantly uh, similar storyline-ish to a lot of their picks. Uh, they were relatively unknown quantities of guys. Uh, they were, they were really, people didn't necessarily like a lot of their picks. A lot of them would have been considered sleepers. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman, for example, fifth round pick. Uh, he only gave up like a hundred something yards in his whole college career, but that was partially because he started out for wide receiver under, uh, I think it was Jim Harbaugh, uh, when he was a coach at Stanford. Um, and then he apparently tore his patellar tendon and got season-ending surgery, which Harbaugh got annoyed about and said, you quit on the team, um, and then didn't allow him to play on offense, so he switched to defense, and then he was, you know, like a, a bottom-of-the-barrel cornerback, and I don't, I don't remember, he, he started a bunch of games, but like, he had to start at the bottom of the depth chart and, and whatnot, and I'm thinking to myself, like, we got a lot of guys that are kind of like that. Um, either some kind of injury derailed them. They didn't really have a, they didn't see as much playing time. They're really relatively unknown quantities. Uh, people are kind of skeptical about. Yeah. He, and, and that's part of the frustration I have with a lot of these guys. I mean, Lucas Van Ness, I mean, the, the starting thing is obviously ridiculous, but still relatively young, only two years in raw. Musgrave is, is, he was a, completely off the radar for four years and only played two years or two, uh, two, two weeks this past season. So you're going off some kind of old information and not great information. Although this is, you know, he had a good year this past year, but only two games. Um, you've got, uh, who else? The, um, that, uh, that, the uh, Wicks, right? Wicks, I think had an injury plus the offense changed, which, Kind of derailed 2022, but in 2021 he was really good. Oh, the the freaking running back, he was all over the the 
draft radar in 2021 and then for whatever reason I can't remember fell off in 2022 and I guess just completely slid but he was a stud and probably doesn't have the highest measurables but but just was blowing away college football in 2021 um yeah and even I think Valentine some people are like man they got a steal in Valentine he's one of those guys that you know could take a couple years to to get where he's going to go but he's got legit starting potential which you don't always get in the sixth seventh round sometimes it's you know he's got a, a relatively low ceiling, but he'll he'll be a solid backup, solid special teams kind of player. Um, so yeah, th- there is a a good amount of that, which again can be frustrating for Packer fans because it's like, give me some meat, man, give me something. That's what uh, wasn't it you who who said it? No, it was um, I think Nate. It was like, why can't we get guys that are just like ready to rock and roll? You know, give me give me some guys that have been. I mean, let, let's be honest. Give, give me that 25-year-old guy who's been dominating for four years at a big program and is going to come in here and just ready, be ready to rock and roll, you know? Instead, we get these guys like, hey, he played two years. He played, a, he was good, la- you know, two years ago, not so much last year. Even Jordan Love was kind of that way. But anyways, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and you're right. Them in the draft, I mean, as far as we've seen from about everybody, their ceilings are freaking like out of this world. I mean, every yeah. single draft pick we made this year, it, it's got really unlimited potential. I mean, Lucas Van Ness is, is Hercules, right? He yeah. could even be better than Rashawn Gary because he's yes. starting out a little bit more refined than him. Uh, Musgrave looks like he could be Greg Olson 2.0. Yeah. And if he learns how to break some tackles and he can stay healthy, man, lights out for him. Jaden Reed, you've Jimmy gone Graham, on about maybe. it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tucker Kraft. I, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. He could be the next George Kittle, for all we know. And and, and the list goes on. Octavian Wicks, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden. I mean, they have massive ceilings. So, in an effort to get myself hyped up, I've been looking at these guys, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. This is, this is that undercover, nobody knows, but watch out in the future, you know, team. Anyway, great draft. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, and to be fair, they're boomer bust, right? I mean, there's there's certainly high risk guys. Um, you know, again, even with Lucas Van Ness, he's got to be able to turn that corner and be able to to use that to be able to be. You know, a, a lot of people. I, w- I was saying, um, I don't even remember what I was saying, but JJ uh, Watt is who other people have pointed out, and that kind of makes sense. Now Watt is, I think, just a bigger, stronger framed guy, but um, you know, he, he's that sort of a player and has that sort of an upside. But there's also just a risk that he doesn't really get there. But the other thing that's kind of smart about it, despite the fact that this is kind of just what what the Packers always do, and I kind of like it, but um, you got 13 picks, right? So if you go, let's say you, let's say generally speaking, um, if you have seven picks and two out of seven will be relatively decent starters. So what the heck are we talking about here? About a third. What if you swing for the fences for really high ceiling guys, but it goes down to a quarter? In other words, it, it's not as, as likely to hit, but the ones that hit are much higher quality. Well, if you have 13 picks, instead of getting two decent starters, you're talking about maybe getting three really high quality pro bowlers, right? Even if you end up getting more busts than you should, you know, you know, it's it's four or five starters or... You want like three pro bowlers. It's another way to look at it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's we can get as hyped about that. That's the other good thing about this class is you can get as hyped as you want. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, again, there are sometimes you draft a guy and it just is what it is. You know, the Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs. What is the what what is the best thing that could happen with Jameer Gibbs? Honestly, what's the ceiling? Aaron Jones? That's awesome. But you know, that's it, and that's you know relatively as unlikely as Van Ness becoming, you know, whatever, J.J. Watt. So it it is fun, and I, I appreciate that we have a lot of guys that it's not that hard to get hyped about, depending on how skeptical you are. Like Musgrave, I still can't 100% get there, but he's, he's an athletic freak among the athletic freaks. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, man, really just digging around. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. Hi. I was just looking up Jaden Reed and just watching film from 21, 22, Senior Bowl, and 
I gotta say, man, like, I, like, I don't know if, I couldn't find anything, I didn't, you know, go crazy looking for it, though, but, was he hurt in 2022, or was it, was it quarterback play, because you watch 2022, and, you know, he's explosive, and he, you know, good route running, but, like, his senior bowl tape is so good when yeah. he's doing all of his routes. Like, he's getting so much more separation than he was in the season. Like, his, his tape for 22 is good, but his senior bowl tape is really, really good. So, I don't know if he was struggling with an injury. Like, watch the Ohio, uh, Ohio State tape. I know those guys are, you know, they have the best athletes because they're top programs, so it's easier for them to get guys that all – all running 4-3, but man, like, you watch the Senior Bowl, the Senior Bowl, you know, usually has higher level of competition, and he's just burning everybody, and I think that's what sold him on on Jaden Reed, being able to interview him, and just his personality and everything, so, I don't know, you know, the Senior Bowl, uh, I'm sold, just watching that alone, because that's yeah, that's a lot of, you know, what we saw out of Christian Watson and everything. So, let me know your thoughts. Go back, go. Yeah, so just uh, going back to Dane Brugler's guide here, because he's very thorough about all this stuff. Um, if you look through his summary, it says, although his senior year fell short of expectations because of injuries and the Spartans' offensive struggles, he accounted for, for 46 explosive plays, 20-plus uh, yards or more. If you look at his weaknesses, it says his senior year was marred by multiple injuries, including a foot injury in preseason camp in August of 2022, a left hip issue in September of 2022, and he missed one game after he collided with a team bench and required stitches for a deep laceration in his back. So yeah, 2022, I guess the offense really just kind of sputtered, which didn't help him, and then he just had a a bunch of injuries. Doesn't sound like major ones because he kept playing, but yeah, foot injury, hip injury, back injury, not spinal or anything but just a deep cut so yes i guess is the answer to the question anyways why don't we cut it here i'd love to keep going but i have to get recording some other stuff and whatnot so um we will continue to plug through the questions i will do that on uh, tomorrow's podcast as well just because we got to get through these so keep them coming we still have about 140 to go (laughs) oh maybe we'll just disregard all the ones we skipped i don't know but have a great uh, night and i will talk to you tomorrow bye-bye